What a responsive audience. Thank you. We're starting off a little bit serious, but very, very beautifully and powerfully today. The policies that caused the stolen generations are one of the great shames of Australia's history. But sometimes thinking about the removal of children on the scale it happened can just feel too huge and too horrific to really grasp. So it's the individual stories that really hit us in the heart and make us understand how it's affected people. Frank Spry and his three siblings were placed in the Retta Dixon home, which is a place that became notorious for the mistreatment of the children who were there. Frank's now an advocate for human rights and a musician all his life, and his son David has followed that path too, performing all over the country. As part of the Darwin Festival, David and Frank are telling the story of their family in a show called King Adong. Frank and David, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Frank, can you take us out to King Adong for starters and what you remember about what it was like growing up there? Well, it was a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, my mother was full black, father was white, and the place where I was born, my grandmother brought me into the world. It's sort of like a rainforesty um, in the middle of sort of drier country so it was a, an oasis that was a beautiful a beautiful place where I can I have fond memories of my grandfather being there but having a white father and a black mother was a scary dangerous thing to have in those days wasn't it it was because the removal of children was to to so-called train and educate the stolen children my color uh, had to bring a white father, white father and black mother. So I was, that was part of that whole journey for for many of us. I ended up in an institution, and the institution was a religious institution. I can't go into all of the details right now, but there there are stories that are you can read about why this happened. It was to separate the children so-called trained them and most religious organisations were involved in training and I call it brainwash people into different kind of environment. Those times are pretty sad where there was abuse, physical, sexual, spiritual, cultural and in terms of removing us we had lost our roots with our family and our brothers and sisters out in the bush. Frank, how much were you able to reconnect with your family and your culture over the years? They were right next door to where I was. There was a barbed wire fence on both sides. One side was a, a hospital for all the natives, which my mother was a native. And I can see you making the quote marks yes, around native there. Yes, she was, she was a native. Listening. And my uncle and my cousin, who were black natives, and that's what they called them, the natives in the bush. I was a barbed wire fence, I was in the middle. The hospital was there for all the natives, and on the other side was all the natives, and we were the, the ones that were the transition between the natives and the rest of society. So we had to be trained in that. The religious institutions became the conduit for um, getting people into this kind of kind of thinking. Sundays were Sunday school, church, and church at night. So there was this, this constant 
constant bombarding of who you were as children and it's sort of kind of like what is it called when you do that to people you brainwash them so I was in a in a position where I was being brainwashed and I thought that that was totality of the universe so Frank when you moved through your life and came to have your own family how do you feel that time affected you and and your ability to create a safe space for your family and a loving emotionally safe place well it became very difficult because having the baggage that having faced all the abuse and i mean all the abuse sexual physical mental cultural and spiritual i've faced all of those so i was a pretty screwed up sort of person and that was a very difficult journey for my children, my previous partners. I constantly got in a bathroom and played music and cried. And then I got onto alcohol, two divorces. And then I decided at 70 to give up the alcohol. And I'm 72 now, so two years I've been free of alcohol. And that's changed my life in the sense of my perspective and the sorts of things that I can do. But alcohol is, is only a way of masking the underlying issues that people have. And unfortunately, that's what's happening in our society now. We see all this stuff that's going on in Alice. There's a whole lot of trauma. There's not just one generation. How many generations we've we've been going through this? Land's been taken, country's been taken. There's alcohol around, so what do you do? You go for the bottle, you go for drugs, because inside, there's an issue so that was with me I can understand some of that stuff I'd worked in a drug and alcohol bureau as a policy officer when I was working with the health department and we developed a whole lot of policies but at the end of the day the decision is mine to say I'm walking this path and David I can see you nodding at various points during Frank's story there a it sounds like music was going to be a part of your life from the get-go but what do you remember about learning about Frank's story when you're growing up he wouldn't let us know he was protecting us about the truth I suppose or the depth of trauma that he was involved with so through the years it was all about sort of just slowly learning and you know, I suppose we didn't ask too many questions because we knew that there was trauma involved. Only now, doing a show like we are for the Darwin Festival, are we actually able to heal after all of these years and, and face some of those traumas, um, you know, on a personal level? And um, being able to share it with people so people can understand a little bit more is really important. You know, you, you, you're able to cope with it a little bit better as you get older. And, and just doing this show in itself, I've learnt, there's, there's so many new things that I've learned. And this was a part of doing this type of show was, was um, being able to heal. And um, this, this definitely has, Kingadong has helped that, that process. Mm. It's interesting though, isn't it? You say, you know, as you get to be older, you, you can be a bit more resilient to the, the horrible stories. But I find, you know, when I had my kids, I became less resilient to hearing about terrible things that had happened to children. It, the enormity of it really strikes you, doesn't it? So you're saying that this has been in large a healing process, even though you're having to kind of talk about and sing about these stories over and over again? Yeah, definitely. And in a different way, I suppose, from the past. I was sort of growing up and, and, and going through these things just as a young person, you know, um, you, you don't sort of understand the extent of it. And obviously, as we've gotten older, you know, more has come about. And, uh, I mean, you know, as a younger person, the stolen generation was seem to be swept under the carpet and there's a lot of controversy just in general with this type of stuff across Australia so 
you know, to find spaces to be able to talk and to be able to share these stories and and, and understand it is, is really important. I believe now, as I'm older, these stories need to be shared and, and it was you would never have done a show like this sort of 20 years ago. It just would never have happened. So yeah, It's interesting, isn't it? Like the early reporting was very much, oh, this happened a long time in the past, but this is so fresh. Till the year I was born, there were still people being put into Stolen Generation. So we'd, you know, people don't understand that it was only this generation and we're the first ones born my father was born in the bush you know we were the first ones born actually in in a in a hospital so it's really interesting sometimes that there might be five or six generations seven generations you know for our southern southern brothers and sisters but in darwin and across australia it is still very apparent and still you know, very fresh as you say how long ago the stolen generation actually happened and as we've been hearing from Frank, um, it's about how it affects coming generations too, so it's alive now. Frank, has it been the same for you, a healing process, even though you're going through the material again and again? Uh, when I was younger, I was a good-looking bloke. I played music. so I, played, I believe you. I, looking I, at you now, I believe you. <laughs> I was being facetious, but look, I, I played music in all the pubs all around town, you know, had parties, um, so I was feeling good. But as I grew older and faced the trauma that was inside me that sort of came surfaced and then thought about to myself, yeah, you've had your good times now, but you're reflect, reflecting as you get older and you're going, what has really happened in my life? And that reflection really made me sad in that um, it's, it's a really sad story of, of this nation that people were removed. My partner now, her father was, his mother was removed from an Aboriginal community called Minyeri. She was a traditional woman, black. He was taken down to a place called South Australia, in Balaclava, where a lot of Aboriginal people went. They were just kids, three and four. When they walked out of there, there was they were they had to. We all walked out of the institution when we were seventeen. That was when we were free to go. He was he was taken from there, put down there, and um, he walked out at seventeen. The mother was taken over there. She married a Filipino guy, who then had children, and they, all those children were subsequently removed and placed in other institutions, a long, long way from here. There's an example where the people from Gurindji mob where Vincent Langari, remember Vincent Langari? He was a man with the land rights. There was a truck that came from there. One of my brothers, who I only ran into him, and I met Vincent Langari when I was in, in, in Redder Dixon Homes. He came there, Vincent Langari, Uncle Hoppy Mick, and, and um, um, the delegate, who the, this is when they did that walk off from Gurindji. Um, Dexter Daniel was a Dexter Daniels was that person, and um, I was amazed. I looked up to these guys, and they were just like, as a, as as old Banjo Patterson said, they were long and wiry natives. You know, they were but dressed and looked like warriors. And I looked up and I thought, I'd like to be like that, because um, my grandfather, Chatterbuck, was like that. He was long, tall, and a man that was. In strong in stature, and he was a tribal man. That if you go out to Litchfield, Litchfield Park, you will see his name there, Chatterbuck. They've named the falls after him. 
and that escarpment, Litchfield, that's named after my grandfather. So, um, and they call him Green Ant, um, and you've probably been to Green Ant Creek where he's born. But this is a story that um, is really, all these stories come back to me, and I, I keep, sorry I'm r raving on here, but it's, it is something that's part of me and reflecting back on, on where I came from. Well, and you two are continuing those stories too with the show, King of Dong, which yes. is playing as part yes. of the Darwin Festival. We're speaking with Frank Spry and his son David, who do the show together. David, just quickly, where did it begin? When did you decide this would be a good thing to do? Quite a long time ago, actually. We've been throwing the ideas around, gee, probably for 20 years. Yeah. And I think that it was just, this was the time. Really, really happy to be able to bring this onto a big stage and, you know, Gee, nationally across Australia because exactly. of ABC. Yeah. Yep, on, on Life Matters here on Radio National. Yay. Thanks. I did have to ask, though, do you, do you ever feel the sense of time running out, that these stories are so important and they need to be told now? Definitely, definitely. And this isn't just our story. This is a version of many stories of many people and those people don't have the voice that we have or the platform. So the importance of what we're doing here isn't just about our personal healing. Well, it is, but it's not just about our personal healing. It's it's also the story of of many, and um, and it's it's an important story to tell and an important story for people to learn about. And more so, if you don't care or don't want anything to do with it, you need to stick your ear in and have a listen and and really understand what the history of Australia was for a lot of people. And and this is this is our opportunity to share that story or one story for many. Like you say, it's an Australian story and yes. it, as you've said before, it used to be this giant silence at the heart of our history and it's good that that's changed. Well, you might have read about the, the long journey for the Retta Dixon home survivors to get towards compensation. There was that period where it looked like they weren't going to have compensation because maybe the organisation didn't have enough money, the federal government stepped in finally. It's been a long, long, long path. I'm so pleased to be able to bring you one of the results of that story today, one of the ways that story is playing out. Frank Spry and his son David Spry singing their song Genocide, which is from the show King of Dong, which you can see at the Darwin Festival. Only four sessions and only two still with tickets, I think, so get in quick for that. David and Frank, take it away. This old fella, he was born on the land Dirt floored shack into his grandmother's hands Well, his mum was black and his dad was wise In the days of the genocide In the days of the genocide In the days of the genocide his children in the bush and on the land well his wife died and they took them away Redder Dixon's where that stay down Bagot Road and Dick would drive in the days of the genocide in the 
days of the genocide In the days of the genocide Speak your mother's tongue, it's the devil that say Pray to our God three times a day In the corner that cower and hide Culture taken with their pride Nothing left to feel inside In the days of the genocide 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 That was beautiful. David on guitar, Frank on harmonica, Frank and David Spry performing their song Genocide from the show King Adong, live on Life Matters in the Spiegel Tent at the Darwin Festival. Get your tickets quick for that one because it will sell out, I'm sure. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the program. Thank and all you. the best for the Thank future. You. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you to the crowd. Thank you so much. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.